Welcome to today's Somerset Emotional Wellbeing podcast. I'm Dr. Andrew Trasida, working with Somerset CCG with a particular interest in pastoral care. And my co-host is... Peter Bagshaw, GP and uh, CCG Clinical Lead for Mental Health. Lovely. And we're delighted today. We're talking about the topic of spirituality and well-being. And we're delighted to welcome Reverend Kirsty Wells. Kirsty, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, I'm the team, one of the team chaplains at Musgrove Park Hospital, um, working in the acute setting on the front line with COVID patients and non-COVID patients, um, visiting people in their in their hospital bed or on their ward. Um, and our strapline is meeting with all people of all faiths and none. And that must be a very stressful uh, role for you at the moment, isn't it? Um, there are times when it's incredibly stressful, um, but there are also times when we can have an awful lot of fun. Um, and we try, it's trying to get the balance. Um, yes, we are dealing with people in most horrific of circumstances. Um, we can't underestimate the impact that COVID is having on people, um, families and the community. But on the other hand, people are recovering um, and we get to hear people's life stories and having fun with them and lots of laughs and hearing about their story. Um, and people have always got an amazing story to tell, which makes up for some of the really tragic things that we're going through as well. And hopefully you'll share with us some of your tips for uh, coping with difficult circumstances and emotional stress. I'd be pleased to. Great. Thank you. So thinking about um, spirituality and well-being, um, the medicine that you and I learned, Peter, um, I, would, I would guess it's very much about hardware body. Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, spirituality, I was quite surprised when I was doing a, um, a trail this morning of, of the evidence that it's actually mentioned by the Royal College of Psychiatrists because it's certainly not something I was ever taught about. I don't know about you, Andrew. Uh, not at all. It didn't come in at all into medicine, although since um, since qualifying, and I've learned a lot from my patients in Chard and, and elsewhere in life over the years, and I've got an understanding that we're not just hardware body that we learn about at medical school, blood, bones, pipes, pumps, and um, electrical charges and things, but we are a software being as well. And that's a sort of using a computer analogy that we've got the hardware, but we've also got the software, and the software is who we are and our thoughts and feelings and, and, and emotions are an interface between, between mind and body. And, and that sort of brought me to a much bigger understanding um, and, and an introduction into the thoughts about spirituality. And it's also a, a very positive thing because you can rewrite software. Hardware you, you maybe can't do so much about, but one of the nice things about mental health is that we get stuck in certain modes of thinking uh, and that it's possible to rewrite that and think in a more productive and helpful way. Indeed. Uh, and you mentioned that the Royal College of Psychiatrists have, have, have looked at spirituality. Have they got any particular hints or thoughts or, or comments? Yeah, they have. I've, I've got it up in front of me. Uh, so they're saying that um, attention to spirituality gives better self-control, better self-esteem and better confidence, faster and easier recovery, uh, often through healthy grieving and losses and recognising strengths, better relationships with self and others, new sense of meaning, hope, and peace of mind. And it, I think, uh, you know, right at the beginning, we have to make the distinction between spirituality uh, as opposed to religion. I, I want to be 
completely inclusive about this. So I think that's something that's important to stress. And uh, I, I know, uh, Kirsty, you've already said that's part of your mission statement. Uh, but I, I think it's worthwhile sort of putting that at the top of this, that we're, we're not just talking about people who have a specific religious faith. We're talking about spirituality in this much wider context. And maybe it'd be interesting to have a discussion about what that actually means. Well, I think that would be really interesting. We've got uh, Kirsty with us. What it, What is spirituality? And we'll come after that to how does spirituality relate to wellness? But I think a, a, a number of us tussled with this question. What, what does the word spirituality mean? How does it relate to us? What's it about? It's a, it's a very difficult question to answer succinctly. It means something different to different groups of people. But in essence, for me, it's that sense of otherness, that believing that we're part of something bigger, whether that is a divine being or whether that is just part of a community. It's that sense that we're not isolated, um, goes back to that whole no man is an island idea, that we we are interconnected in whatever way we choose to be. Um, and that whether we call it a faith or whether we call it spirituality or whether we call it religion or whether we call it friendship we are connected to other people um for me that is the root of spirituality um and one of my great sadnesses is being called a chaplain um we go and see people and one of our things that we're doing at the moment in the hospital is seeking out those people that have been in for more than a fortnight um and we go and see them and they're lonely because they haven't got any visitors and they say oh we didn't know we could have the chaplain because i'm not religious um, but we're not there for religion. We're there to talk about the whole being, um, and we're the one that's not going to go and stick needles in them. So is every human being spiritual or have spirituality? Um, I would say yes, that there is a spiritual side to all of us. Not all of us are aware of it. Um, having come from a, a background of primary teaching, um, children are incredibly spiritual. They have this sense of awe and wonder which hasn't been knocked out of them by study and life experiences. Um, you've only got to see children on the morning when they see their first rainbow or they realise that they can make a rainbow in a puzzle themselves. Um, and that sense of otherness, that sense of belonging, that sense of awe um, is just evident there. Um, and I think that is part of it. That's fascinating. I've I've heard um, a, a comment that spirituality, that religion is the politics of spirituality, and of course there are a number of us, a number of uh, different faiths throughout throughout the world. But coming back to what you mentioned about uh, um, children, um, there's um, William Bloom has done a lot of writing on this topic, and he um, came from an interesting background. I think he came from a background of 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 atheistic um, journalist parents and had to find out uh, and, and investigated all sorts of things for himself. It may have been that his parents were actually great church going and he was, he was atheistic. I'm not sure which, but he came to the understanding, having dissected the whole topic exhaustively, that spirituality, his definition, is connection to the wonder and energy of life spirituality is connection to the wonder and energy of life and so i can't remember quite how he got to it but uh, that's a that's a definition that i quite like i don't know how that resonates with you peter and Kirsty. well i for me it's a great definition so when i was thinking about this beforehand and jotting things down i was going to ask you Kirsty, do you think it includes 
things like being connected to nature. Um, and you can even come to it through, through science and, and look at the connections there, can't you? You know, according to Feynman, we're all connected to each other. Absolutely. Um, for me, there is no more spiritual place than walking out in, in the countryside, um, finding a river, listening to the water, um, being out in the sunshine or the rain. Um, and yes, so no, through nature is definitely one way of being connected to otherness. Um, and we know that has fantastic benefits for both our physical and mental health, don't we? So whether that's through spirituality or, or some other mechanism, I don't know, but we, we know it really helps. Yes. Yes, it's both the physical exercise is useful, but those emotions that you both mentioned, awe and wonder and connection, um, produce very positive neurochemicals within us, ox oxytocin, uh, endorphins and others, which are very good for our well-being. And as social creatures, maybe we need to remember that we're connected, not just to each other and to nature, but to something, well, in a way, nature's bigger than ourselves. You know, you look at a tree. Um, they've been there hundreds of years, some of them. How long are we here for? And other aspects of nature, the sea coming in, the sky. Anyway, Peter. Um, um, yeah, no, one, I was going to say, one of the benefits of, of us all having a bit more time on our hands is that we have slowed down and, and started to notice all these things. Uh, and, and, you know, we're lucky being in Somerset. We've got a lot of nature uh, on our doorstep, haven't we? Uh, and, and certainly I've... I've uh, spotted all sorts of things that I would have overlooked before and get quite excited when I see tadpoles in our little ponds or the, the birds nesting or whatever. I don't know if that uh, re resonates with either of you two. Oh, definitely. We have um, a family of house martins that have moved in on the house next door uh, and it's just wonderful just watching them every day with a new experience, whether it's bringing something in or you can just about to begin to hear noises coming from within the nest now. Um, so, yes, that was wonderful. Do you think it's part of a, a, a wider emotional well-being that if we, can, if we can look outside rather than looking inside, we seem to feel emotionally healthier? I don't know if, you, if there's any science behind that, Andrew. Uh, I think that turning out and becoming interested in what's going on around us rather than being... Um, often negatively concerned about our own issues has to be uh, very powerful and that connection to nature does take us out into that. I'm not quite sure what the science is but there's a little bit of poetry if I can share two short poems, one that many people will know, the kiss of the sun for pardon, the song of the birds for mirth, you're nearer God's heart in a garden than anywhere else on earth. Uh, and I say that without any particular affiliation necessarily. And um, I, I remember um, some. Uh, I remember being on the the West Highland, not the, sorry, the West Highland way. The um, uh, going to a youth hostel in north of England uh, at Kirk Yetham, where there had been a Romany um, settlement uh, and, and a mission to to help Romanies settle uh, in the last century. And there was a, a little saying that was written there which said from a Romany poem, and I wrote it down because I was just so fascinated. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in our connection to nature, as, as, as some people will know. Um, oh, do not step upon the flower, but listen what she says. So maybe aspects of nature have got, um, if not necessarily meaning for us, there's, there's something deeper. And I don't know about you, but when I spend time just in nature, 
it allows thoughts and feelings to flow and creativity to come in and new ideas to come forward in a way that doesn't necessarily happen when I'm when I'm having to work in front of a computer and do lots of thinking rather than allowing thoughts to come to me or rather than perceiving and connecting. And on the subject of uh, poetry, Kirsty, you quoted from my, one of my favourite poems, John Donne, No Man is an Island. But of course that ends, ask not for who the bell tolls, it tolls for thee. So it accepts that there is sadness, that if we're connected with the world and with other people, we're also connected with their sadness. And I'd be interested in your thoughts on how we deal in an emotionally healthy way with those feelings. Um, are you talking about our own feelings or the feelings of other people? Our, our own feelings, because we're aware of other people suffering and, and uh, passing over and so on. So, yes, how, that, that clearly is a part of life, especially at the moment. And I, I'd be interested in your views on how we move on, uh, how we deal with it and process it. It's a very interesting question, and it's a topic of much discussion at the moment. Um, obviously, we are dealing with some situations that we wouldn't normally be coming across, um, and some of them are heartbreaking. But we have a good supportive team, and we ha- we do have clinical supervision, and we have people we can talk to. Um, I sometimes think that it's that sharing, that, that problem, problem shared is a problem halved sort of scenario. Um, and also, there's the spiritual aspect of taking time out to process what you have just experienced Um, and that might be going back to the office for a cup of coffee but it might also be going for a walk and getting out in nature um, and getting some fresh air and not feeling like you've got to press on when something has happened that's made you uncomfortable Um, and I think all these are aspects of self-care um and with everything that's happening and it's not just happening in the hospitals at the moment a lot of people are suffering either because they're incredibly lonely because they're locked down they've lost a loved one through coronavirus or through another means at this time and they haven't been able to say goodbye in the way that they want to um self-care has got to be paramount um and that for me includes an aspect of spirituality um, because we are more than Andrew said, we are more than just the plumbing and the hard wiring. Um, there is that that other part of us. Um, so we we do need to care for that as well. Can I ask if you consider music uh, part of spirituality? Because it it feels as though sharing that emotional journey uh, that the, the composer often goes through uh, is again a way of connecting with other people and with a, a wider whole. And, and I certainly find that very useful in, in coming to terms with difficult feelings sometimes. Is that is that something that uh, you relate to? Definitely. Um, for me, it tends to be on the more religious side of music, but that's just my personality and, and my preference. Um, but I know a lot of people in the hospital um, listen to classical music or other forms of music, and some people even find heavy rock. They're, they're let out for all those emotions that they can't express otherwise. Um, I walked into the office the other day to find a colleague of mine listening to something quite heavy, um, but it was their way of expressing themselves. I'm an old prog rocker myself, so uh, I, I relate to that. And it's all it's all great. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, I wasn't. I wasn't um, saying it wasn't. It was just an interesting situation to walk into. So, so Kirsty, can I just ask a question? So, in your interaction with somebody who's in distress, what what 
what are the most important ingredients that that of spirituality that you're identifying that you're nurturing and you're supporting and how is that happening is that something that can be done from the other end of the corridor is it something that's done close to somebody is is it connection what what are the important ingredients of a connection at a heart level with people um for us still even at these difficult times it is getting alongside them it's being in the room with them it's holding their hands which isn't the same when you're wearing rubber gloves there isn't you know there is nothing like the skin to skin contact you can have with a patient when you when they reach out and hold your hand um and we are missing that and we were talking earlier about things that we want to go back to and things that we'd like to let go of um and certainly the rubber glove element of ppe is something so no it's about getting alongside people listening to their story trying to find out what's at the heart of their distress Sometimes it's obvious it's their illness. They've been given a, a diagnosis that is uncomfortable. Um, but other times it's external factors. It's family issues, not being able to see the grandchildren, worrying about where the dog is or the cat is while they're in hospital. Um, and I think one of the most valuable things we can do for another individual um, at this time is listening. Um, and I w- would much rather spend my um, sorry, 59 minutes listening to somebody in a minute speaking than 59 minutes speaking and a minute listening because until I know what's going on with somebody, I can't help them. Um, and one of, my, one of my key phrases is, I'd love to be able to take the pain away. I just don't have a magic wand. I can't do that for you, but we can talk about it and explore it together. I was just going to follow up on that, Kirsty. So if we've been saying early that spirituality is about connecting with wider things and, and other people, then the way we can help people is by giving them that connection with us uh, and, and helping them to step outside their own pain and grief. It's hard work, isn't it? Really listening hard to what the person is saying. Yes, definitely. It's, it's very valuable. I, I, I don't know about you, Andrew. I, I feel that's... 90% of my job is just listening to patient stories. I think the connection with, of, of one human to another is, is so valuable, and we're using the word valuable, but if, if we come back to the word value and the values of religions, but particularly the values of spirituality, whatever the religion, it seems that, or, or no religion, no faith, it seems that the values of kindness, of tolerance, of forgiveness of ourselves as well as others are probably key aspects of what it means to be human and what it means to be a human being, not just a human body that's a machine that does. And can I just say, that's amazing. In my little notes that I put to remind myself, I'd actually got um, that spirituality is different for religion, but mainly religions share values of kindness, tolerance and forgiveness of ourselves as well as others. So those three... Uh, words that you've used, Andrew, exactly the ones that I come to, the ones that are important uh, to take away. I, I, would, I, would, I would actually go on from that. You were saying about being a human being. Um, yeah, being a human being rather than a human doing. Um, and that's something that I have to remind myself of quite often. You know, I'm not necessarily there to do, I'm there to be. 
Um, and I think that is one of the aspects of spirituality. It is just being, being alongside people, walking with them through the pain, um, sharing, letting them share what they need to share so that they feel that they've, they've got an ally, that they've got somebody that they can talk to. Um, and that's particularly important in hospitals at the moment where we just aren't having the visitors in. Um, it's not practical. It's not safe um, in terms of cross-contamination and infection. Um, so that's where the, the chaplaincy um, is, is at an advantage at the moment. We do go in and we have got time to spend with, with people just being. And uh, maybe something we can take away going forward is that uh, being is as important as doing. We, we've got a bit more time to, to be rather than do at the moment, but I'd, I'd like to think that that will continue. And as we're coming to the end, can I... For people listening and watching, are there some take-home nuggets that we can give them that will help them in their everyday? Any any practical ways? We've, we've kind of touched on it, but if, is there any way you can sum up how you feel spirituality can help people cope? Uh, for me, it, it is about taking stock. It's about pausing. It's about looking at nature, um, lying in bed, looking at the clouds going over in the morning just pausing for a moment from what can be a really frantic life, um, stopping, taking stock. Um, and if things are getting too much, seeking somebody out that you can talk to, somebody that you can trust to come alongside you um, or going out into nature, just finding that space and that peace, which you don't necessarily get in your everyday life. And at the moment, I think we are in a, at an advantage that we have got that little bit more time. More of us are working from home, so we haven't got that frantic travel. Um, so we can enjoy a little bit more of the, the outdoors. Um, but it's also about finding those connections with others as well. I think that's a brilliant summary with the, with the caveat that if we don't want the, the space and the peace, we've always got the heavy rock we can turn to instead. Indeed. And, and coming back to the human being and the human doing, it's important to, to separate the two and we enable ourselves to be more of a being rather than a doing by slowing down, by slowing down our breath, by coming back into ourselves, by being present in the now, um, by allowing that busy brain to, to slow down and connecting to that wonder and energy of life uh, and the privilege that it is to well, you know what I say to people uh, about waking up in the morning. What's the best thing about waking up in the morning? It's 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 well, it's a privilege to wake up every day and and to be given another day to to enjoy and to enjoy other people, uh, the connection to enjoy uh, connection with nature, music, the other things we've talked about. It's the art of being, perhaps some of the art of being. Some of it, yes. Mm. I, that sounds like a good place to stop to me. Uh, I, I think we've uh, we've covered what's quite a, a, an intangible subject, and hopefully given people some some practical uh, things that they can do that will help them feel better. And I'm incredibly grateful to you, Kirsty, for for guesting with us and, and giving us your your insights and experience. My pleasure. Thank you, Peter. You asked earlier about the science uh, of what's going on, and, and I replied by saying, um, here's a couple of poems. But actually, the cutting edge of modern physics, and uh, there's a, a Dr. Jude Curavan who, 
who wrote a book called The Cosmic Hologram, reminds us that Einstein told us that uh, E equals MC squared, so energy and matter are intertwined. We have many experiments that show that uh, information uh, can uh, influence energy. And we now have experiments that shows that consciousness with a little c um, influences information. So we have a connection between consciousness and matter. And perhaps there's a bigger picture with consciousness with a big C, but I would leave that very much as a question mark for our listeners rather than um, to uh, say anything more on the topic. Who knows? Who knows? Perhaps if these podcasts continue, we can get a a quantum uh, uh, scientist to come along and tell us about Schrodinger's cat and the two-slit experiment and uh, all of these other quantum entanglements and all of these other things. Absolutely. That's a fa- fascinating areas. Thank you. Um, Peter and Kirsty, do we, apart from what we've talked about, do we know of any um, support for people, for um, NHS staff and for others at the moment and to help with bereavement? Because I believe that at this time, the NHS has, has put out some more information. There's a, a lot out there. Um, so there's specific bereavement support uh, uh, under people.nhs.uk forward slash guides, bereavement support during COVID-19. Kirsty, I'm sure you've got some others. Um, there is a dedicated telephone number, but I'm really sorry. I haven't got the telephone number in front of me, um, but I can message it to you and you can you can filter it in somewhere. So we've we, we've luckily got that. So in Somerset, the the bereavement support uh, at the moment is uh, on 01458 898 211. So that's uh, Somerset 01458 898 211. And in uh, uh, nationally, the helpline number for crews is free to call Monday to Friday, 9.30 till 5, late on Thursday, or late on Tuesdays, Wednesdays and Thursdays, 0808 808 1677. That's 0808 808 1677. And their website is www.cruise.org.uk. And then I must give a plug to the... Um, the have we lost you, Peter? Peter's frozen. So uh, the other resource that could be useful is the people.nhs.uk forward slash help forward slash. Uh, there's a website open all the time. There are helplines available, which uh, are partly helped by the Samaritans and by other agencies. Uh, and you can text for support to front to 85258 using uh, the message frontline in your text uh, and uh, on on practitioner health dot nhs dot uk there's access for nhs staff uh, for silver cloud modules and for some other apps on headspace uh, mindfulness sleepio and others at present and i must give a plug to mindline somerset that we Uh, expanded and set up uh, a few weeks ago that's our one-stop shop really for for anyone uh, with mental health anxieties uh, and that's available 24 7 on 01823 276 892 
or just uh, search for Mindline Somerset. So that's Taunton 276-892, did you say? That's right. Lovely. Thank you. Well, thank you very much, Peter. Thank you very much, Kirsty, for coming along. uh, And uh, look forward to speaking again at some point in the future. Keep up all the great work in in Musgrove, uh, Kirsty, and I know your colleagues around the county, both in Musgrove and in, in Yeovil and other hospitals, and of course, right around Britain. So thank you for what you do, attending to a very important part of the soul, part of the human being, which is the soul. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks very much. You've been listening to the Somerset Emotional Wellbeing Podcast, hosted by Dr. Andrew Tresider and Dr. Peter Bagshaw. The show was created by David Seeley and was produced by Rob Hunt's Music on behalf of the Somerset Clinical Commissioning Group.